What up, what up, what up, what up, everybody? Yes, you're probably noticing right off the bat, this isn't a normal episode of Trevor Talks. We are interrupting your uh, scheduled programming to bring you something a little special. Uh, This is actually pretty exciting for me because it's an opportunity for me to share a snippet from another amazing podcast on the Life Audio Network. This podcast is called March or Die. And in the segment you're going to be hearing from the show, host Jeremy Stallnecker is having a conversation with Nick Vujicic. And Nick is the dude without limbs. Like... This guy's testimony is amazing. I've seen him live at Atlanta Fest growing up, and he's just got an amazing story. In this episode, Nick and Jeremy discuss Nick's challenges as a child, including an attempt at taking his own life, um, deciding to live for God, true hope, and how to move forward when it would be easier to simply quit. This was an incredible conversation for me to listen to, so much so that I wanted to share it with you. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Nick and Jeremy of March or Die podcast. When you find yourself in those firefights of life and you don't know what to do, you think you have a thousand different decisions you can make. You don't. You have two. You can decide to stay where you are and die. And many people do emotionally, relationally, spiritually. They stay where they are. But make no mistake, that's a decision you make. You're so overwhelmed with life. You see the obstacles in front of you. You find an inability within yourself to continue moving forward, so you kick it into neutral. You say, here is where I'm going to be. A lot of people who are living that death inside look like they have it all together. Uh, They're going to their jobs. They're doing the things they need to do, but they know they're not making any meaningful progress in their life toward what God has created them to live and to do. The better decision is to march. And I love marching because it's simply putting one foot in front of the other. You don't know exactly where you're going to end up, but you will, one step at a time, get out of the kill zone, get to a place where you can better impact the enemy. That's always the better decision, but it's a decision you need to make. And Nick, um, man, this is really, as I think about your story, this is your story. It's the decision to move forward when it would be easier to say, you know what, I don't have to move forward. And I'm so thankful for what you do, for what your organization, your ministry have done, continue to do. Maybe we can start there. Talk about life without limbs and what you guys are doing. You're changing the world. Yeah, 20 years ago. First of all, it's an honor to be here with you. And thank you so much for having me. And hello to everyone watching or listening. Uh, It is my privilege to share about how um, life without limbs 20 years ago was really birthed from me marching forward into the conviction and calling that God basically said, you can reach the world for my name's sake. I've called you to do so, but you still need to say yes. And you have to say that yes. And at that point, first of all, for my own soul, I I asked God to come into my life. And I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, rose again, and made my spiritual redemption seal my yes to God for that, for my own salvation at age 15. At age 17, the janitor cleaning the toilets at my high school saw me do a quick speech in front of everyone at the school. And he's like, you're going to be a worldwide speaker. And I'm like, you're a crazy old man. No way. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> janitor, no. I want to, I wanna, you, know, right. you know, arrange your first speech. I'm like, nah, man, you're crazy. He finally uh, convinced me to do it. That's awesome. 
he just got annoying. He twisted my arm. I said yes, and I got in front of these five students, and I just shared my heart. I, I was not convinced I had a story. No yeah. way. But I just shared my experience, and people started crying. It was amazing. Yeah. Here I am as a 10-year-old. We'll get into that later. Attempted suicide because I didn't feel like there was hope. But here I am now yep. um, talking about hope. After I found Jesus, found my own walk with God, yeah. peace with him, strength because of him, purpose to live for. Um, and now I'm able to realize today when you don't get a miracle, you can still be one. Mm, and awesome. so at age 19, wow. I said, yep, I'm going all in. I want to be a minister of the gospel. I want to travel around the world, be your hands and feet. I want to be the general in your army to stand in front of the gates of hell and redirect traffic. I don't need arms and legs for that. Mm. You have my yes. And so from that day on, started traveling around the world. I was in Australia, born and raised, moved out to America in my very early 20s, started Life That Limbs, a nonprofit organization uh, that is now based in Dallas, Texas. And as a U.S. citizen, uh, the veterans and PTSD and families affected with uh, all these issues are very close to my heart here in our country. Um, and we, my wife, four kids, will do everything we can um, to go and let other people know that no matter what brokenness we have in our heart, that we have a champion. His name's Jesus Christ. Right. He can heal your broken heart. And if you can use a man without arms, legs to be his hands <laughs> and feet, then God can use any willing heart. And uh, in 2022, Life Without Limbs, not only have we traveled up into that point to 77 countries, preached the gospel to hundreds of millions of people worldwide. I've had the privilege of meeting 23, 24 presidents of nations. Oh, and uh, we've seen over 1.1 million decisions for Jesus Christ face-to-face in 3,500 events in 77 countries. And so we're so thankful for our ministry. org is the website. What you do and the people that you have reached and the clarity of your message and I'll say this about the way that you communicate. No one can listen to you speak without understanding that Jesus Christ is the answer. You're so clear on the gospel, and I think that's what makes you uniquely you and so powerful. And I'm so grateful for that and the opportunity to be able to be connected. And and uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, one of the things that working with veterans I have learned is if a person has a particular type of struggle— it's easy to fall back into this place that says within yourself, no one knows what it's like to be me. Yeah. My struggle is so unique. And something you do a great job of communicating is we all struggle. Struggle is not unique. You're not special in the sense that you're having struggles. You're, you're human. That's part of being human. But again, many people listening to this might say, well, he has his struggles, but I have my struggles. Can you talk about some of maybe your early struggles you talked about when you were 10 years old and how those things led to a place where you finally did understand what it was and why it was important to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a turning point we all have to have. And yet a lot of people disqualify themselves from that. Yeah. Look, Jeremy, uh, before I get into my own struggle, you know, as we've even covered various topics of abuse, one in right. three Girls in America have been sexually right. abused. One in five boys by the age of 17 have been sexually abused. I can't imagine being sexually abused. Human trafficking. I've met rescued human traffic victims. We were in India rescuing two in one night from victims. So it's like wow. I can't imagine that. You can't imagine limbless. I can't imagine. 
it, again, I, I always tell people, I never tell anyone that I understand what they're going through, and there is no hope in comparing each other's sufferings. Sure, right. Broken pieces are broken pieces. Yeah. But we all go there, do we not? No one understands what I'm going through, which is valid. Because you could tell me everything you've gone through. I can tell you everything I've gone through. But guess what? You're still not going to still understand how it felt. And even if you you. did, for me, even if you did, you can't heal my heart. That's right. And so the end of that T intersection is Jesus is the only one who knew, who knows, who can heal because he knows how it is. To be on the cross, mm. where even his father turned his face away. Mm. He knows how it is to be persecuted, beaten, killed. Yep. Um, and that's the hope yep. that we have. Yeah. That that he is the one, he is the healer, he is the redeemer, and he is compassionate. Yep. Never did Jesus do a miracle without compassion. Mm. And my whole victim card was, there is no compassionate God. Yeah. Period. Uh, 70 million human traffic victims today, 25,000 dying of starvation today in 2022. Where is this compassionate God? If he can do all things, then where is he? And so for me, I was born in a Christian home. I'm not Christian because of Christians. If you're a Christian because of Christian, you're not going to be Christian for long. <laughs> right. There yeah. are many people who say that I'll never be a Christian because I know Christians. But that doesn't change who Jesus is and what he offers <laughs> right. for you, right? I know a lot of Christians too. That's a good argument. 100%. Right? <laughs> right? It's like, really? That's Christian? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't want that. Hypocrites. And so not every Christian though is a hypocrite and anyone representing someone wrongfully, Jesus Christ, representing Christ doesn't change who Christ is mm. and what he offers for you. Right. For me, though, I went head-to-head with God. Mm. I know that sounds impossible, but uh, in my own childish childhood mind, I looked at the sky yeah. and said, I hate you. Mm. You're unfair. Mm. Either you don't exist or I actually will hate you until you tell me why. Yeah. And we, we get caught up in the why. And it's in the silence of the not knowing of the why that it's in that silence where we kick that gearbox into neutral and say, see, I didn't deserve this. Yeah. I didn't choose yeah. to be here. Yeah. This is not my fault. Or neutral this was my fault in maybe your circumstance, thinking that it is your fault. Sure, there are things that we could have, should have, could have, would have, if I only knew, blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to get to your specific brokenness, but for me, it was out of everyone's control. I was born into the world, didn't choose to be born without limbs. My parents said, God can do all things. I prayed for arms and legs. Arms and legs didn't come. Now, today I have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he gives me <laughs> arms and legs because I've seen miracles. And right. I believe in God, right. uh, not because of Christians per se, but because I've actually seen the dark side. Sure. I've seen witchcraft, mm. moon worshippers falling while we're walking by. Mm. We've seen exorcisms. I've seen demons walking through my hotel room in California. Yeah. Because I've seen that, and I've also seen miracles. I've seen blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, lame people yep. walking crooked, backs come straight, holes in my own spine. I had a syrinx, medical term, syrinx. I was born with a rare disease. 
my um, orthopedic surgeon said, I'm like, yeah, I already know I was born with a rare disease. He said, no, you have holes in your spine and you're going to have no spine by age 35, 40. And um, God healed it. And the doctor said, it's medically impossible. So you put a gun to my head and say, tell me that God is not real. Kill me. Couldn't care less because I'm a citizen of, pass- uh, citizen of heaven passing through. Um, I know God is real and I know heaven is real today. But back then as a kid, I said, I hate you or tell me why. And in that silence, those voices come. And I had triggers, probably not the right word, but we all understand the word triggers of a situation that continues to happen repeatedly. I was verbally abused, bullied, however you want to say it, at school. I um, hated it, hated school, hated them. Sometimes I had the courage to confront them. What my bullies didn't realize was even though I put in a brave face, what they're saying repeated again and again and again and repeated in my mind, repeating my mind, repeating my mind, where then I conclude my future. And I know the term... It's hard to have forward thinking, to imagine your life without that in your life. And you repeat it on that cycle, and therein you conclude you'll never get out of here. The bullets are flying. I'm in the kill zone. I'll never get out of here. This is where I am. This is where I'm always going to be. I'm never going to get married. Even if I got married, I can't even hold my wife's hand. Even if I had kids, I can't even hold my kids when they're crying. No one understands me. Never met another limbless child out there. I am alone. I am forgotten. There is no hope for me. I might as well just check out. And I tried actually to drown myself at age 10 in my bathtub. Told my dad because of my chronic back pain, I used to soak in warm water in the bathtub. And that time though, it was a two-year predetermined suicide. Two years. Two years. I'd thought of committing suicide, trying to figure out how to do it. And then I executed it on age 10. And I was trying to figure out how to actually end my life. Because I don't want to go halfway. Yep. You just got to go all the way. Um, and so I came up with some ideas. But I knew that if I could just fill my lungs up with water and drown, it'll be at least 20 minutes before someone comes in. And I calculated that all at eight, age 10. That's crazy. I knew it wasn't going to be jumping off the kitchen counter, trying to snap my neck. I don't want to become a quadriplegic. Yeah. Um, I knew about that. Um. And so when I said goodbye to my dad, shutting the door, that was supposed to be the last time. And the third time I rolled over, God's mercy stopped me where I was at. And he gave me a visual in my mind. I've seen my mom and my dad crying at my grave, wishing they could have done something more. And I realized all they did was love on me. What about them? I get out of my pain but now they undeservingly have that pain yep. for the rest of their life. My brother and my sister. It's one thing worse to have a limbless boy, as bad as that sounds. Yeah, It's a limbless boy who commits suicide. Mm. I can't imagine any of my four children now committing suicide. I can't imagine my dad committing suicide. Right. He's no longer here with us, but right. imagine... 
And so understanding it, that it's not just, and you say that really well, it's not about you. It's about understanding that there is a way out, that you don't have to do it alone. Unfortunately, I didn't tell anybody for 11 years that I attempted suicide. Unbelievable. I kept that inside. You kept that to yourself for 11 years. 11 years. I was 21 when I first told my parents. What was their response to that? Um, they were in shock. Tears. And I had to first tell my mom. <laughs> I couldn't do it both at once. It was like, listen, I want you to know you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you, right. Right. Um, because that even, even to tell someone that you had been thinking of suicide, yep. right? Some of you have been already thinking, some of you have already predetermined it. Some of you are just trying to figure it out. Yep. Some of you are doing all this without anyone knowing, but God knows. Yeah. And God knows that you're even watching this very program and yep. hearing our voice to tell you he's watching. He's pursuing you. There's not one soul that he cannot rescue. There's not one mind that he cannot renew. You don't have to stay there. But, Nick, you don't understand. I'm on 24 different medications every day. God's bigger than that. Well, you don't understand. No, I don't. You're right. But don't tell me that my God is not bigger than your problem. Sorry that was long, but Jeremy, I want everyone to understand, like, it's not about Nick. It's not about his strength. It's not about anything. And sure, I go to anti-bullying education system talks where I can't say the J word because it's (laughs) a swear word. But I'll tell you, uh, you know, you plant seeds of faith. They go on Google. They go on TikTok. They go to LaughFLMs.org. And it's by far the most important part of my life. And even when I can't say God or Jesus. I do say I am a Christian. Without my faith, I wouldn't be who I am. I'm actually able to talk about my Christian faith more in a Muslim country than the American right. uh, sad, corporate sector. sad reality. It's disgusting. So, but what I'm trying to say is this, is that when God doesn't change your circumstance and he's put you to this point, it's not him who's given you this pain. So that hatred can't be to him. Right. The devil's real, and I've yeah. seen the demons, and he's the one who tried to take me down. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. What do you think I want? Arms and legs or rest? Money or rest? Yep. We think that we need to have something before we find that rest. (laughs) No, it's who you need. (laughs) Yeah. And it's him. And when you have him, he'll give you what you need. May not always give you what you want or what you need when you think you really needed it. But if you commit your life to God and he's the captain, he's the general. That's awesome. I'm here. Incredible. Thank you for taking the time to to work through that. It changes everything. Let me ask you this question. And this is something that I – It's not to say that I'm not depressed. So I still go through ups and downs. Okay, so this right? that was going to be my next question because this is where people they get sideways, right? They yep. say, "Okay, I gave my life to Christ." Yep. They'll come to a program like ours at Mighty Oaks yep. where they say, "I hate God. Um, I don't want anything to do with God." They have an, a moment. Holy Spirit works in their life. God is the answer. They've seen this illustrated through the testimonies of others. They accept Christ. They begin to move forward, um, but it's not too long before. They have doubts. They have fear that rises up. Some of the old circumstances represent themselves. They go through things. And 
it's easy to look at someone like yourself or someone who's maybe a little further along in their spiritual journey and say they made a decision and life has been great since then. They have that peace. They've always had that peace. They've never lost it. It's kind of in vogue in Christianity right now to talk about a crisis of faith or to talk about deconstruction. Both of those concepts, they, they drive me insane, but this is what we're talking about right now, unfortunately, in the larger Christian community. Can you talk about that? Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. So you've made a decision, you're moving forward for Christ, you're going to use your, your life as a testimony, as an example, but it does, that does not mean it comes without difficulty, without trial, without depression, without doubt. How do you process through that and continue moving forward? Yeah, you can't have a house built unless you know the foundation, and the foundation is the rock. Good. Yeah. And so the foolish man built his house upon the sand, the wise man built his house upon the rock. I mm. couldn't care how big your house is if it's not built on the rock it will not stand right and so before we talk about thriving yeah in a way to say oh yeah one day i'm going to maybe share my story with someone mm. else to help before we talk about that level of thriving yeah. we want to first talk about the basics That's i think good. a lot of the church in america has walked away from the basics you know how many people didn't even know where to start to actually study their Bible on their own without right. going into a four-wall building? What the heck is that about? And we wonder why kids aren't going back to church, why adults are walking away from church. They haven't been taught. And so what we got to go is back to the basics. And so your relationship with God and writing the scriptures of God and promises on the tablet of your heart, being with him, praying. Now, your prayer life may not look like mine. Yeah. Uh, your worship with God may not look like mine. When I'm in church, I don't actually sing much. My wife, she's like singing, like going. She's got her hands up in the air, and you know she's doing the swaying thing and whatever. And I'm like, I'm just happy to be there, yeah, right, you know. And I'm, right. you know, and I'm happy to be in that. So we're all different, right? And then we all feed though of the word. And so if you don't have a church that's going to be feeding you and moving you forward in your relationship and faith in God and learning more promises of God in a relevant way, and you go to a church that you think, oh, well, I can just go, you know, Christmas and Easter light a candle. It's more than just a religion. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ where you get to talk to him just like I'm talking to you, saying, God, help me today as I read the word, start in the book of John and ask God to speak to you. Uh, read John, 21 chapters. Read a chapter a day. It takes about 10 to 12 minutes. 
uh, and, and do that 21 days over. Do it three times, and you know what happens when you actually read the Word of God? It actually changes you. It's <laughs> yeah. a promise that as you hear the Word of God, faith comes by hearing the Word That's of right. God. Right. And so why is it so difficult? Is it because you're so busy? No, it's so difficult. I don't know why. I just can't see. Let me tell you why. Because the demons of hell don't want you to get in front of that that book and see that actually there's the safe zone. There's the refuge. There's the answer. So I pray in Jesus' name that the next time that you're ready to actually go and get that Bible off that bookshelf and open it and read from the New King James Version or NIV Version, you know, whatever, Read about Jesus. You may not know about a lot about the Bible, but start in John. Read Jesus' life according to the book of John. And um, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ in chapter 9. Uh, I'm not going to tell you why because it's going to make you go there, right? <laughs> uh, but um, there is one quote there um, of Jesus where it says, it, uh, why was this person born that way? Mm. Um mm. And Jesus said it was done so that the works of God yeah. were, would be revealed through him. And I realized, wow, mm-hmm. we here on this point of saying, yes, I know I need salvation, but God, what's the plan for my life? Uh, if you give me the plan, then I'll trust you. Well, here's the plan. Ready? The greatest thing you'll ever have in your life is to know him. Mm. Commandment number one, love the Lord with all your yeah. heart, might, soul, and strength. Yeah. Okay? He loves you. He's ready to renew you. He'll give you the ability to have an imagination that goes beyond your capacity of imagination of what it looks like not to be where you're at. But you got to put, as Jeremy says, one foot in front of the other. One, just one step, one step, one step, one step. I have no legs, but God helped a legless man still take a step. That's good, yeah. And if he can help a legless man take a step, he can help you take just one step today. Y'all, I just want to thank you for checking this out with me. It's such an opportunity for me to be able to share this amazing episode with you. I was greatly encouraged by it, and I hope and pray that you were as well. So thank you for checking it out with me. I'm glad you're here, and I just want to encourage you to choose to live today and every day. And if you need a little bit more help right now, as usual, we want to direct you over to our friends at Death to Life, Heart Support, to write love on our arms beneath the skin. There's always somebody out there that wants to hear your voice, that wants to see you choose to live and just want to love you. So I'm encouraging you guys just continue to be a light and know that you're always welcome here at Trevor Talks. Love you guys so much and we'll talk to you next week. two weeks old in an iron lung which is you know like a sealed oxygen unit um, fighting for my life I couldn't I couldn't breathe properly I, and apparently I didn't make a sound um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up that's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk a podcast for worshippers join us weekly to hear songwriters worship leaders filmmakers and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform